peculiar place to have a party. Welcome to the Tea Party, the Hat Makers podcast where we connect with hatters from around the world. Talk hats and hat making to build the community and share tips and tricks to take your hat making to the next level. So sit back, pour yourself a brew and settle in because here comes the show. first episode of the Hatmakers podcast, we're chatting with Dave from Bam Bam, a custom hatmaker from Bondi, Sydney, Australia, where he tells us how he got started making hats, what his creative process is like, who he's been making hats for, and what he's up to next. So let's dive in and get to know Dave a little better on the first episode of the Hatmakers podcast. We'll work around the fire. Seems, seems crystal clear, it's good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, mate. Well, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for being the first guest. Um, how about we start with, uh, how about you let us know who you are, where you're from, how long you've been making hats? Yeah, man, pleasure. I'm, I'm super, super grateful to even be asked to, to jump on and have a chat with you, man. It's, it's actually funny because speaking to you on the phone just the other day was the first time I actually heard your voice. So it's actually, it's actually cool to interact with you through through uh video and, and not just text messages but uh yeah so thanks thanks so much mate um mate my name's dave i'm uh i live in bondi beach in sydney um uh, i started a, a hat company um entirely by chance it's called bam bam um which kind of stemmed from a, an old nickname that i had and uh at the time, I, I didn't have any other idea of what to call this this thing, so I just ran with I ran with that, and uh, I've I've been making hats full time since COVID, um, so not not too long, um, and but I've been kind of dabbling around with with uh, with custom felt hats, maybe a, a year, maybe a year after, like longer than that. So yeah, not not too long at all. So, how did you get started? What inspired you to start? Uh, mate, this is a this is a cool story. Well, a, a, a story I tell quite a lot, but uh, it all started many moons ago with an old girlfriend of mine who 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 gifted me a hat for a birthday present, and uh, it was in a, it was a black Akubra hat, and um, it was really beautiful. It was it was just you know it was straight off the shelf. You know, it was kind of one of those cowboy looking ones, and I'd I'd never wore a felt hat before wide brim before in my life. I always always wore caps. And um so she I had given been given this hat and then after we'd broken up I uh I took that hat and I cut it and I burnt it and I ripped it and I uh punched holes in it and I ran over it on my motorbike and I uh threw it in the ocean and I stitched it all back together and what, I was wearing it down the down the street down here in, in Bondi Beach and um, a stranger Asked me where I got it from, and I told them that story, and they they would uh, they asked me if I would make one for them, and then so I was I was getting older hats and repurposing them and, and selling them on, and then 
it literally just started to become a bit more of a, it was a tedious sort of job to try and find your size in this color on eBay and have to auction and bid and stuff like that. So I just taught myself how to do it from scratch and uh, found a supplier and connected with you. I think you were one of the very first ones that I ever spoke to about, um, you know, what direction I should go and where do I start. Ordered in a couple of hat, um, felts from uh, a supplier and, and just went with it. Yeah. Wow. So you went from like kind of redesigning, remodeling old hats and then to learning how to make hats yourself and then adding your flair to them. Yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah, I started repurposing old older vintage hats like Kubras or whatever I could find. And I, I started I started by taking them apart, taking all the all the all the bits and pieces out of them. You know, I mean, they're not too they're not too complicated, but I took the sweatband out and then I would re-stitch it back in to see how it works and see how it structurally um, is sound. And then, um, yeah, I found a I found a needle and, and some thread in a drawer in uh, in in the apartment that I was I was living in at the time, and then I kind of just went with it. I just started started stitching it up and and going from there. Yeah, those uh, hand embroidered designs that you put on your hats look amazing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a very uh, it's a it's a curious story because I'd never made anything before in my life. It was literally. Um, you know, it's uh, I still I still laugh every day that I'm like, what am I doing? I'm I'm stitching a butterfly into a hat now. Like, where did I I I didn't even think I could draw. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Had you used needle and thread before? Never, never. I mean, I I'd sewed I'd sewed a couple of buttons on some shirts, and uh, in fact, I get a few a few of my friends asking me if I could fix some some of their shirts with buttons that are missing now since they know I've got a bit of skill. <laughs> so I'm curious, how did you teach yourself how to make hats? Uh, mate, I taught myself purely through trial and error. Um, I, I did what everyone normally does, I guess, would, would be going to YouTube and try and find a couple of, a couple of uh, tutorials on, on, on how, how it's done. But... To be fair, I just kind of just I can't. It really helped by taking a lot of those older ones apart and putting them back together. Um, but I mean, it was literally just trial and error. It, there was no, there was no kind of like, okay, this is step one. It was I kind of just went from zero to to embroidery. Like I didn't even some some of my hats. I don't even put a, a sweatband in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so did you initially bring the embroidery with the hat making or, or did you do the hat making first and then bring the embroidery in after? Uh, the, the, first, the first hat that I made was, um, was something that I embroidered. Yeah, it was. So I kind, of, I kind of knew from the start that a point of difference, at least for my, for my, for my style, was... No one would ever have this this hat, and so once I kind of played around with a few more designs and started getting the right needle and thread and all that sort of stuff, and started getting a little bit more technical, I, I, I knew straight away that that was a huge point of difference. Um, but some hats I don't put anything on; it's just about the shape. And some hats I I um I do a marathon session and just stitch a really high detailed image onto it. Mm. And so where do you get your inspiration for designs and things that you want to put under your hats? Uh, well, it, uh, 
for my own hats, the ones that I make for myself, I mean, that could just be uh, like a shower thought or me walking down down the beach, going for a swim or something, just being around the ocean. It helps a lot of the time when um, a lot of the, the work that I get coming in are, are all custom work. So someone would see something that I've done before and they would generally have something in mind. Um, you know, the other day I, I had a guy he reached out and he had some, some images of his kids' drawings that he wanted me to try and replicate onto his hat. So that was quite fun. So it changes all the time. And I mean, you know, someone would ask me one time if I could do a blue wren on their hat. And I said, yeah, 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 no worries. I could do that. I could do that. And then I Googled what a blue wren was and it was a, it was a bird. And I was like, fuck, it's a little tiny blue, <laughs> um, high detailed bird. And so I, I was like, okay. I really have to. I have to really try hard on this one. So, I mean, yeah, they come from everywhere. So, what's your creative process like? Do you uh, just draw onto the hat and then stitch it straight in, or do you do a little practice on something else first? Yeah, I would generally. I would just. I, I mean, I found in uh, in a store like these little white pencils that, that seem to to rub off on the on the felt. Um, so, I would generally. I mean, I, I couldn't draw to save my life, but I try and generally draw like an outline of the image that I want to go for. And then I would I would just, you know, pick out the thread that I have and then, you know, pull those colours, separate them uh, and then just go for it. Yeah. And and to be honest, I, I've taken a lot of them apart. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thread draw looking like? How many colours have you got in oh, there? Oh, mate, there's thread everywhere in my in this little studio apartment, and I've got OCD, so it's really hard not to try and straighten them all up and put them all in the colour colour coordination. But uh, for the most part, I'm, I'm I'm working hard on just letting them be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how would you describe your style? My style would be. Uh, uh, it's a good question. I, I I really, really try to make my hats, the style of my hats, come across in a way that uh, that they don't look like they're brand new. I, I really try to make them feel as though they have some character. That's why I really sort of hone in on the asymmetrical style. Um, I never make them... Uh, I, I try not to ever make them in a way that you could say, oh, that's that's the same hat as what this person's got. I always try and make it that if someone would see them down the street, that they're recognisable in a way and um, they stand out. And then, you know, the, the designs and the embroidery is, uh, you know, that, that stands out because it's unique, every single one of them. I, I couldn't replicate them if I tried. Yeah, they all look really unique and really special. How do they go in Bondi? It seems like the perfect place to really be uh, sharing your work. This, uh, I mean, I've, been, I've lived in Bondi for, for around 15 years and uh, the community down here, especially just the, the creative community so, since, um, since starting this sort of journey has, has been pretty, pretty instrumental and, and, and a lot of the people who, who've got my hat, so I'll get a phone call from someone else saying, "Hey, you made this one for such and such. You know, I've I've always wanted to get one as well." And that's kind of how it stands. It's a lot of word of mouth here. Um, mm -hmm. It helps that you know there's, you know, 
people have access to, to funds here as well. So they're kind of always looking for something that's that's unique and, and not something off the shelf. So I think that, that plays into it a bit. And then, you know, I live by the beach, so the, the sun is always around. You know, it, it also it also needs to be uh, functional too. So, you know, there's 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 uh, there's plenty of people around here looking for coverage from the sun. Yeah, seems like you've got it uh, pretty well set. I also noticed on your uh, Instagram, you've got some uh, hats made for some pretty big names there. I saw a tag for Teddy's photos and another one for. Pride of Gypsies. Yeah, that's the story there. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I I kick myself every time I think about it, but um, I made I made three hats for Jason Momoa, all all pink, all different different shades of pink, with this abstract kind of uh, artwork on the side that he that he likes, and they they were the biggest hats that I've ever made too. So it really it was quite challenging to try and make sure, and he he actually didn't. He didn't actually didn't, didn't try them on here in person, so it's it's pretty it was pretty challenging to try and get that sizing right. Um, but that was that was through. It initially started through another friend of mine who he's he's stunt double, and uh, it kind of just sort of snow snowballed from there, and and uh, yeah, so pretty pretty fortunate to be able to make them those for him. Um, Ed Sheeran was another one where. His friend is a friend of mine, and word got to him, and then end up just uh, he was like, "Oh, I'd love to get one of these hats, but I need it tomorrow." <laughs> so I, was like, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll turn it around, Teddy. So <laughs> yeah, it's always uh, the way you got to have it now. Yeah, and you know, like some sometimes, you know, sometimes I feel going back to that creative process is that some some hats are more inspiring than others, or sometimes I can't pick one up. And uh, mm. some of them I can't put down, so it's kind of like it, it really depends on what it is. But you know, I made I made hats for those people. I made some other hats for you know Michael Clark was another one who was was really he he uh, he called me out of the blue one time, and I'm sitting in my lounge room talking to him on the phone and talking to him about making him a, a few custom hats. And I was like, man, what? <laughs> how does this even possible? You know, like how how is this actually taking place? So yeah, it's it's mm. a funny journey. So do you have any uh, people that you'd like to make hats for in your hat-making dreams? Or have you already nailed them off the list already? Uh, mate, <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny. I, I think about this and I'd, I'd like to make my dad a hat of all people. He um, he never wears a hat. So it'd be kind of cool to actually make a hat that he would actually wear. Um. And funnily enough, when I first started, it's actually when I when I first started making hats, showing him some of the some of the pieces and, and seeing how stoked he was because I, I think he couldn't believe it either. He's like, "How the fuck are you actually able to to make this happen?" <laughs> so he's like, "Someone will love that," you know. So it was really it was really awesome to be able to to show him that and have him have him be proud. That was. So I'd like to make him one. I think one day. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about your brand and the name and uh, <clears throat> what it means, what uh, what's behind it, and yeah, what you want to do with it. Bam Bam, the brand is, I guess it's sort of evolving into uh, custom pieces. I'm now hand stitching jumpers and beanies and and caps. T-shirts and, and shorts and stuff, pretty much all the stuff that I wear. 
And it started out by just having some clothes of mine that, that I knew that no one else would have. The hats is a good talking point because it's, you know, it's a piece that uh, can be worn anywhere and it's a statement piece and uh, it's, a, it's a talking point too, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess where the brand is sort of evolving into, it's uh, collaborations with other, other brands. I've had some, some pretty big ones reach out and, and want to do some, some crossover stuff, which is, which is really humbling. You know, I did I did a really cool one with Spring Court last year, and did five designs for those guys, and uh, we we did it over winter time, and people were able to purchase their shoe, their blank canvas shoe, and then have me hand stitch it in in store. Wow! So that's quite cool, um, and people love to be able to to meet the person behind the the art. I think I think that's really important. Um, where do I see it going? I I, I think. You know, perhaps down the down the road, you know, maybe getting other people on board to help, you know, take on some of that, uh, take on some of that workload because there's a there's a lot of hats to wear when you in you when you're running this sort of business. You know, it's kind of you do social media and you do the the marketing and you're making hats and you're sourcing materials and you're talking to customers and selling and so it's all it's it's quite there's a quite a lot going on. So I think. Perhaps down the line, I would looking at expanding that way. It's hard to scale when something's handmade. Um, so who knows? Maybe there's maybe there's a possibility to do some stuff where a little bit more accessible to people get the brand out there. Yeah, that seems to be one of the difficult things when you're custom made or you're handmade. How do you scale it so that you can kind of get a little bit more out there without uh, compromising the integrity of yeah of what you're doing. Yeah, totally, totally. And you know, people are willing to wait um, for the for something that's unique and handmade, one of a kind. Um, you know, and and perhaps sometimes. I mean, this is only the technically the second, maybe third season I've done it, so it is quite seasonal too. So I don't really know how busy winter time will be this year, or how busy summertime will be the year after. And so it's kind of it's kind of just really just take it as it comes for me. I, I I'm just enjoying where I'm at, meeting people, creating stuff. It's rewarding to make make, make stuff with your hands and, and see that end result. So, yeah, I'm just kind of just just running with it. Do you have a wait list at the moment? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a pretty pretty extensive wait list at the moment. Maybe six, six weeks. And I kind of, I kind of keep that um, around that point and I'm open with how long it takes. And I, so far, seem, people seem to be happy to wait. Yeah, people seem to be happy to wait for something that's made especially for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, I I never really thought about it too. I I I was always sort of like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get it if if it's available. But now it's it's kind of opened my my mind up to you know getting stuff custom made for me as well. You know, so yeah, it's kind of I think that's where it goes for me. You know, and shopping, it's it's yeah. unique and and knowing that it's it's handmade by someone and I'm supporting small businesses. Is um, yeah, it's important. Yeah, it's nice to have special things that have a little bit of meaning behind them. Yeah, that you know are going to last. Yeah, yeah. Ho- well, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed. Depends how much you distress them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't had anyone bring anything back yet, so I'm kind of like, well, I must be doing a good job. <laughs> and what's your customer base like? Is it Australian, overseas? Yeah, majority majority of my customers would I would say be here in Australia 
Um, mm-hmm. In saying that, I just literally sent three hats over to Luxembourg. Um, wow. I've sent them to Estonia. I've sent them all over the place, and it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of interesting because you, from 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 a maker standpoint and doing the creations, social media, doing all that sort of stuff, you you don't necessarily see the other side of the of what you're creating. And so it's really interesting to see someone from America say, hey, I've been following you for the last couple of years and, and, and it's, it's now time for me to pick something up. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to dynamic where to, where to target people. Do you just own your backyard here in Australia? They're all things that I think about. But majority of people would be from here, here in, in Australia, Sydney probably, yeah. Yeah. Mate, one thing I love about your marketing is the X that you cut out in your hats. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the X was, it was, uh, it was just kind of like a, a stamp that I put into one of the hats that I made from the start. And uh, I was wearing it at the beach and someone asked me what was that shadow that was being cast all through it. And, and the sun was obviously shining through it and it was creating this really cool shadow. So, uh, I instantly thought, okay, that's a cool talking point because people being outside, being in the sun, it's a good photo op as well. People can sort of take that and I kind of ran with it. And then naturally it kind of threw back to the story of where it all started, you know, with the ex, the ex-girlfriend giving me the hat and stuff. And it was, you know, it wasn't anything, we parted ways amicably, but it wasn't anything like, you know, fuck you or anything like that. It was kind of like just this is this is a, a new start to where I'm going. And so I kind of, I just stamped all of them, cut it out and, and put it in every single one. Yeah, I love that. I also love your little hashtag, show us your ex. Yeah. <laughs> very clever, very clever. That works, that works quite well too. So, you know, people are kind of cautious of, of what they send me, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> It, it is a bit of a marketing marketing strategy there behind it. So, so what do you think about um, symbology in hat making? I noticed that a lot of hat makers use little symbols and put little symbols onto their hats. And I also noticed that you um, show eleven eleven a lot. Yeah, I'm curious what what that means and what that means to you. Eleven eleven is uh, I don't know. It's I don't know if you call it synchronicity or you call it coincidence but it seems to be i see it almost every single day and uh early early on when i started noticing it i i, I made it a, a point to stop what i'm doing at that moment and actually and st- look at my hands it was this weird weird thing that i was doing it was kind of like a a way to be present that's what i was telling myself anyway and then i kind of just i just naturally sort of built it into part of my routine i guess and i see it every almost every single day i got it as a tattoo and and, and then other people started started reaching out saying hey I, I do the same thing too so i don't really know what it means but all i know is that for me it's a little tool to um stop be aware be a bit present be present in the present moment and uh and just sort of take it all in that's all it is yeah yeah nice um other hatters have got little tokens and stuff like that. I mean, to be honest with you, like I appreciate other people's artwork and stuff, but I really don't look into too many other people's creations. And I do that because I think 
I don't want it to subconsciously take on board what other people are doing. I, I really sort of just like to go with go with the flow of mine. So, but you can you can see some other people's you can t- really tell some other people's artwork is like really recognizable to them. Hmm. Yeah, well, your artwork is very recognizable. Thanks, man. Thank you. <clears throat> um, do you have any favorite designs or favorite hats that you've made that stand out amongst the others? Ah, uh, I recently did a, uh, I made a wedding gift for a couple, and uh, it was it was a long story. They had they had a wedding that was postponed through COVID, and and it was kind of like pushed back and pushed back, and then their the best man wanted to get them a gift, and then he got COVID and couldn't attend the wedding, and he so he, he reached out to me and asked if I could make something special for them. And it was really, it was really, it was really, um, it was really quite humbling because, like, it was a special moment for those guys. And uh, he asked me in particular to create something that they could keep forever. And they both wanted, uh, he wanted a, a, a little red robin, and then the and Alicia she wanted, um, she wanted uh, feathers. So I sort of incorporated the same bird and put the feathers on the side of them. And, and uh, it was one of those ones where I couldn't put down. And um, I hurt my neck after making both of those ones. So, but it, it was the, I'd say highlights. Yeah, those, those two. I made a butterfly for for a um, for my girl, who uh, that was really special. Like I, I I was creating this butterfly for her on this wide brim hat, and um, I I did this stitching and I didn't like it, so I cut it. I cut it. I started to cut it off. And the and the the thread burst out into these little like kind of little flowers. It's like fuck, that's interesting. So I just I just started doing more of those of those stitchings and started cut them out, and the whole thing came came alive. So kind of in the wind when she wears it, it kind of moves. So that was that was probably another one of the ones that I think about the most. And your partner is a jewelry maker as well. Yeah, we share that. We share that in common. Yes, yes, we do. So, <laughs> yeah, there's uh, plenty of plenty of uh, creativity, I guess, going in those conversations back and forth. Sometimes there's more like, "Can we just stop talking about hats for a second? <laughs> <laughs> but she's a jewelry maker here in Bondi as well, um, and she does amazing hand engraved um, pieces. And uh, yeah, it's quite inspiring to see someone work in metal. You know, I, I use a needle and thread, and she used a, a sanding machine and engraving tools and hammers and shit like that. So it's kind of like a change of change of uh, <laughs> dynamic. But yeah, yeah. Do you both have workshops at home or in separate places? Yeah, we we live individually. So she's got her set up at her place, and I I have mine just in a little makeshift uh, sunroom just off my bedroom. Um, yeah. I also use the kitchen. I use the the kettle in the kitchen. <laughs> So it's kind of uh, I use I use all elements of my apartment here. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how we all start. I think. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we'll keep going for years like that. The uh, steam is steam, and uh, hot iron is a hot iron. Yeah, mate. It's actually it's actually it's interesting because a lot of the a lot of the tools that I've made or that I've got actually are all handmade, and because I would look it up and see what I, what I need, and I go, I can make that out of a, out of an old paintbrush if I needed it. And then I bought. Actually, I, I tell a lie. I got a uh, hat steamer for a for my family for a for a birthday present because I thought naturally, you know, this this will 
this will uh, this is what I need, and this will this will make me a, a true hatter by having a hat steamer. And to be honest, a, a thirty dollar kettle from from Target works way better than this three hundred dollar yeah. machine. It's it's insane. <laughs> yeah. I don't tell them that. <laughs> little kettle in a little kettle in a gas stove. That's it. Yeah. That's all literally all you need. Classic. Mind you, the electricity bill is quite high just letting that thing run, but it's uh, <laughs> part, of, part of the territory. So what would you uh, tell a beginner hat maker or what would you say to point them in the right direction to get started? Uh, mate, I, get, I actually get a few people reach out and ask this, ask this question and I, I would say start by doing what I did. Um, you know, pick up some old vintage hats online on an auction get get a get a um get a feel for the felt you know get a learn about what different felts are you know there goes from wool to rabbit fur nutria and there's and you know top of the line beaver they all they all have different um feel feels and and um i guess they have different functions in a way you know like stiffer brims floppier brims so I, I I literally suggest to people to find as find some old bits and pieces online, um, cut them up, you know, stitch them back together. Get familiar with what tools you would actually need. Um, uh, I I don't really shy away from from helping other people. Like I I, I put on I, I put them onto supplies and stuff all the time. Um, I'm quite I'm happy to happy to share because I actually think about it and I'm like, I actually don't know what the fuck I'm doing half the time anyway. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it actually it actually makes me think about what, what I'm doing. So yeah, I, I would say start there, you know, and then, you know, my, my DMs, I reply to everybody who, who reaches out to me with questions and stuff. So I kind of, I kind of leave it there. And what's one thing that you know now that you didn't know in the beginning that you wish you did about hat making? Oof. Um... I would probably say that uh, I didn't know that people's head sizes vary so much. It's it's crazy to think about, you know, a 60 centimeter head round as opposed to a 60 centimeter head oval shaped. Um, doing a lot of custom work is, and meeting people in person really helps that, that process because you can actually see them. In, in person and go okay this guy has got a big dome it's and it's long shaped i, I need to stretch it out um i would say that would be one of those things and then when you do a kind of these blind fittings it's kind of like okay you really need to you really need to ask a lot of questions so you don't you don't have to get the return you don't have to get that return or you know you don't have to someone doesn't get disappointed by you know because it's quite a lot of money that they're, they're investing in these things, and um, you, you kind of want it, you kind of want it to hit the mark first first go. So yeah, I would say that. Learn, I'll, yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, yeah, those long oval shapes uh, can be quite tricky sometimes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mate. I made a hat for a, a, a rugby league player here. His wife was telling me that his his head was a, a sixty five centimeter one, and I was like, that can't be right. It can't be right. That's like, it's that's like comical size. It's like you'd win it at the at a at a festival, you know. Like it's huge, but it was it was that big. I was like, damn, right. So challenging to get that to get that to work, but man, yeah, it's uh, 
people 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 have all different head sizes and shapes. Yeah, the first ones are a bit of a shock. Oh, sure. even even the small ones too. I'm like, I can't make a hat that small. It's like it's impossible. <laughs> so you said that you don't kind of keep a lookout at what anyone else is doing, but do you have any favorite hat makers that you admire their work or that you look up to in some way? Uh yeah, I do. I, I definitely there's a there's a hat community that I'm that I speak to. Not a big one, just a few people around. Um, mm-hmm. Lake Bus over in Brisbane, yourself, obviously. Yeah. I've been following you since the start and I think that, you know, um, I'd be lying if I didn't take inspiration from a, your, a lot of your stuff early on and I think that's where I, a lot of... I, that's I, I, honestly how we started chatting because I was just pestering you with, uh, you know, how do you do this, how do you do that? Um, Ugo Kennedy's another guy who's, who's a lovely dude who I met. Um, he actually came into the store when I was doing the Spring Court shoes and... He's like, I've been following you for ages and I make hats and blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it was crazy to see how similar our stories were. And, um, you know, it's, uh, so, so him, you know, even like the Nick Fouquet's and stuff like that over overseas, he's obviously one of the people who, who put hat making on the, on the map as far as, um, what's possible and, and, and getting getting celebrities to wear his stuff and, and you know, love him or hate him, I think he's someone who who's definitely someone who, who I respect and, 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 and draw inspiration from. Um, yeah, yeah. Apart from that, I mean, just other designers and stuff just from where people who I collect ideas from online is I just kind of incorporate it all together. And are you into the fashion scene in Bondi? I, I, I generally, I mean, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing this today, but I, I generally always just wear black. To be honest, like I don't, I don't really try and stand out much at all. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I try and, I, I, I mean, I, I do have a good sense and a, a good, a good eye for, for style, I think. But I kind of just try and try and keep it as minimal as I possibly can. If I'm, if I'm wearing a hat down the street, then I'll try and make that the focal point. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not in the fashion world whatsoever. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) What is, uh, something that you love most about hat making? What makes it special for you? Um, the thing that I love the most would be the, it's it's really rewarding to make something with your hands. I think it's. Uh, I mean, my background before this was software, and I uh, so I was really in, and I still am in the tech world. But it's it's not it's not tangible. You know, it's not something that you can actually hand over to somebody or see them see their real time uh, their feedback in real time. You know, like and and when it fits. And then have someone share a photo of them at a wedding or whatever it might be. Like it really doesn't get it really doesn't get much better than that in my in my opinion. Um, again, you know, even to the point where people ask me to make someone a gift as a surprise present. You know, that's really it's really quite special. Um, yeah, I mean, the other the other thing is just actually making a bird look like a bird. <laughs> That's actually quite special too. So that's, <laughs> I'd say that would be up there as well. 
using using thread instead of code. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. Yeah, nice. And so, <clears throat> where to from here? A bit more uh, production with uh, clothing or collaborations and things like that, or yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh doing some more of that crossover partnership stuff with other people, collaborations. I don't, I don't, I don't really like the word collaboration, but it, it, essentially that's what it is. But um, I like to have the ability to, to take someone's strengths and give them my strengths and then create something else and see what comes of it. That's kind of, kind of where I want to go. Answering that, that scaling question before, you know, I don't think it's possible to, to scale custom work unless I had a team on board who were able to do some some aspect of it. But I think people come to me now because they, they know that it's me making it. Mm. Um, so I would say, yeah, I would say just to keep it organic where it is right now. I don't have too many bigger plans as far as blowing it out and moving and getting a, a store. Cause I don't think, I don't think I necessarily need it, but um, mm. definitely, definitely. Um, working with other other creatives and 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 making some cool shit like that down the line is 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 on the cards. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And so, do you have any uh, final thoughts or things that you'd like to share to anybody? A little bit of inspiration that we can take away with. It? Yeah. Um, I would say that if you've been thinking about your hobby more than what you feel is is a healthy amount i would really lean into that and um and and run with run with your intuition and and um and play around with those ideas because i like I said, I still I'm still involved in the tech world, in the music industry and stuff, and that'll always be there. But I I really doubled down on the idea of of um, ordering in rabbit fur blank felt hats and finding some bits and pieces around, making some handmade tools, and just going for it. And it's it's been one of the most rewarding things that I've ever I've ever done. Um, I could always go back to what I've been doing in the past, but um, I would say really, really lean into that thing, that voice inside of your, in the back of your, back of your head saying, give this a go. Yeah, mate, you're definitely a great role model for that. Just looking at your work, it's uh, fantastic to see what you've created and what you keep creating and how you really made your mark amongst the hat makers out there thanks man i really appreciate that and, and coming from coming from you man it's uh it's a it's a really it's a it's an honor man and yeah it, re it really is it really is awesome to be able to connect with creatives like you and, and people who've been around for such a long time and, and doing this similar thing and who's open to helping out um I, I, I do know that there is there are a few people with their guards up but it's uh People like yourself, man. It's it's really it's really quite special to to meet people like you and and, and work alongside you like that. Thanks, mate. It's great to uh, to finally talk to you in person. There's I think there's so much going on in the hat making community, and we can really come together and 
do something special. It's pretty exciting times. I think. Yeah, for sure, man. And when I mean, when you when you gave me that phone call and and, and told me about the ideas of what you were doing, I, I I was like, yes, you know, like this is exactly what we need. You know, it's just to draw a little bit, a little bit more of attention to you know those those artisans who are you know starting something or have been doing it for such a long time and and just talking about their different processes. I don't think there's anything that's, that should be secret, you know, like, you know, we were talking just before we jumped online about it's impossible to try and find supplies at the moment, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, that's a, that's a challenge in itself and working with people who are in the same boat, you know, p- perhaps there's opportunities there where, you know, shipping from overseas can be, can be lowered and, and by working with each other and stuff like that, you know, I think there's, there's plenty of opportunity just by asking those questions and having those conversations, um, and, you know, and tips and trips and chip, um, tips and tricks and stuff like, how do you do this? I'm looking at, I'm looking at doing some embroidery. How, do, how would I start? You know, like they're, they're little things that I'll, I'll more than be happy to, to share with other people too. Yeah. Well, you'll probably get a whole bunch of uh, email and message requests now. Um, where can people find you? Where can they uh, see your work and get in touch with you? They can find me uh, down at the beach here in Bondi uh, most most days. Um, if I'm not down there, I'm always sort of stuck in my studio apartment here, Bondi Beach. Online, www.bxmbxm.com. And then Instagram, obviously the socials, Facebook and stuff like that. I'm always, I'm always online. Try, I try not to be always online, but I'm, I'm always available. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner or later. Sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. Well, thank you for being the very first guest on this show. Oh. Thank you for sharing your magic. My pleasure, man. And, uh, yeah, it's really great, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of you soon. Yeah, thank you, man. Like I said before, I'm really, I'm really humbled, and, and I appreciate the, the time today, man. Thanks, thanks for calling out for me. Appreciate it, brother. All right, my man. Peace. Well, guys, thanks for sticking around. A huge thanks to Dave for giving us a little insight into his world. Make sure you go follow him on Instagram at this is bxm bxm. And if you want to hear more episodes like this or you want to be a guest on the podcast, go over and give us a follow at The Hatmakers Podcast on Instagram. And uh, I've got some great guests lined up for the coming episodes, so stay tuned and get ready for the next one that's coming out soon. And until then, keep on hatting.